Thank you, choir, for blessing us each and every Sunday. You know, one of the most important lessons that I've learned throughout my Christian journey, throughout my relationship with Christ, is found in two little words that we've all heard before. Yes and no. Christians tend to use yes a lot, but no, well, not so much. And so this morning, I want to challenge us, to encourage us more, to say no more often so that we can say yes to the things that really matter. You know, the idea of saying no is difficult for many of us. We, we want to say yes to every request, but doing so isn't always in our best interest. I know I experienced this head-on in my first pastoral appointment Beginning of the day that I moved from the parsonage, I remember I was just so ready, so intentional about, you know, checking everything off, making sure everything was in its right order. I had a a very ambitious goal in my first two months there as pastor. I served two churches, and my my goal was to visit every single household in the church on the membership rolls in the first two months I was pastor. And actually, it was one that I did. Is one that I accomplished, mainly because the churches were kind of small in nature. I was very intentional, intentional about visiting every member. I planned, I coordinated, I led worship services. I preached to a Sunday, I preached occasionally on Sunday nights. I was actively involved in, our, in the youth ministry of the church. And I even helped plan and initiate a children's ministry of the church. Everything was going great. We were having people being baptized, having people join the church, having people profess faith in Christ for the first time. But along with serving these two congregations, I was a college student. I was a sophomore at the time, sophomore and then junior at the time. Now, juggling the role of pastor and the role of student was tough. But it was one that, well, it challenged me. But it also challenged me and encouraged me to be the person that I knew God had called. And so I was determined to make it work. I knew that, well, God had called me to do this. He called me to preach, called me to plan, and I was also going through school. I, it really had some, I really had some thinking to do when I thought about God's calling in my life to attend college. But after all, that was what I was there to do. And so on the surface, everything was, was going great. Their church was growing. My grades were good. They weren't great, but you know they were good. You can't ask for everything all at once, can you? The church was growing. So many people were excited, excited what was going on. Everything seemed perfect. Well, almost. The, the surface seemed perfect. It looked like everything was going great, but for me... Inside, that part that you cannot see, well, it wasn't going well. On the surface, everything was seemed fine, but underneath it all, I was really struggling. I was, I was struggling to, to, to find my way. You see, I was leading worship and preaching every Sunday, but I wasn't worshiping myself. We led, we led, I led Bible studies every Sunday, but... I never had that personal Bible study devotional time for myself. Whenever, when, any, when, when there was a time when something was asked of me, I was always right there. Always, I had a very hard time stepping away from the church or the office just for a little while. 
My parents lived about an hour away, but when they asked me to come over for a Sunday dinner or uh, different occasions, it was very hard for me just because I was like, I, you know, I got to be here. I got to be here. Even though I really wanted that fellowship that we all, all really need. I looked at everything I did as, as I was the one doing it. I was the one preparing the sermon. I was the one leading the Bible service. I was the one visiting. I was the one growing the church. Forgetting that the Holy Spirit was the one moving through me. And I was simply, well, I was the one who was allowing the Holy Spirit to use me. Everything I did was about me. But in reality, it's never about us, is it? Without hesitating or not realizing it, I said yes to every request. And it looked so good. Everything was, was so great on the surface. But underneath, I forgot, to, I forgot to realize how many yeses that I really had to give. You know, it's in the greatest commandment that Jesus calls us. He commands us. He says, Love, love first your God. And there's a few other things beyond that. And then the second part of that commandment, the greatest commandment, is love your neighbor as yourself. You know, I forgot that last part, as yourself. I was loving others. I was loving my schedule, my plans, my routines. What I wanted to do, my own ambitions more than myself. I was putting so much of myself into what I was doing that I forgot the most important part of my life, which is God. You know, for many of us, I think that when we hear the words of the greatest commandment, and the second part at least, love your neighbor as yourself, we, what we hear is love others. And we see that need. We see that we should do that. And perhaps we do that. But when it comes to loving ourselves, when it comes to taking time for ourselves, it's another story. Initially, we might respond to the question of loving ourselves, if you will, with a immediate, yes, well, of course I take the time for myself. But after thinking about it for a while and after really looking into our lives, we we come to the answer, a conclusion that may be a little bit different. Well, I try, but not all the time. How many times have, have we put our needs, have we put the needs or the wants of others in front of ourselves? I think, I know for me, there have been many times, I know for all of us, there have been times, and there have been times that, of course, that that is required in the role of a parent. I believe that you... You put your children's best interests first. You want to raise them. You want to nurture them. I think for the parent, I think, I think a parent might sacrifice their, their day of shopping or their day of a, a golfing outing to spend time with their child at a sporting event or a ballet recital. You know, I think for a spouse they sacrifice too. I think a, a loving wife may give up her long-anticipated girls' night to attend her husband's annual company Christmas party, even though she really doesn't want to go. That's what she does. 
And I think sometimes the dedicated husband might decide not to go to the Georgia-Florida game that he's looked forward to all year because his wife had her heart set on going to the opera. Well, you know, maybe that last one is a little bit too far. But I think you kind of get the idea just a little bit. You know, I think there's a common misconception about Christians that we should never stop doing. There's this idea that we should keep going and going. We're like the energizer bunny that cannot be stopped. When someone asks something of us, so many believe that we should immediately say yes. We should automatically say yes, almost like our brain is designed in such a way that we don't think about it. We just do it. So many of us, I think, we have this notion that we, we have to be everything to everyone and do, do it all in the process. We're ambitious. We're goal-oriented. Goal and our culture around us, of course, it values this. It says, go for the goal. Be everything you can be and don't rest. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And when we think about saying no, well, that thought of saying no, of taking a breather, of resting just a little bit, it really doesn't enter our mind. But when we think about it, the idea of saying no, it does result in many personal benefits. We think by saying no, we can do the things that, well, will make us better. The things that are important to us, but we don't do it. Because I think it's such a difficult word for Christians, especially to say, saying no is difficult. Because our Christian culture around us values yes. Say yes. The things that we do might lead someone to Christ. The things that we do might deepen someone in their relationship with Christ. The things that we do might make a difference. And it's true. But I have news for me and for all of us. It's not about us. It's not about the things that we do. It's not about the resources that we have and that we study. It's about the Holy Spirit. I think that we learn to say yes because we sometimes we want to please others. Because, you know, saying yes just seems so Christian, doesn't it? Yes, I'll be there. Yes, I'll help out. Yes, I'll do this. It seems so Christian. It seems like we're supposed to do this. And by saying yes, we, we don't let people down. Because by saying no, we might let someone down. We might lead someone else to think less of us or become the target of someone's disappointment or their anger. You know, I think Jesus understands this tendency I think he understands this tendency to want to please people, to want to be everything to everyone and do it all in the process. I'm sure he's been tempted a time or two to please those around him. You know, there have been countless people who have been disappointed in Jesus for not following their timetables, for not answering their prayers right when they asked for it. I think we've all been there at some time or another. Jesus understands us. He understands that pain of how much we want to say yes, of how much we want to give all we can. But Jesus also understands something else. He understands how important it is for us to rest, to take a breather, 
for, to take a step back from it all, look at our lives. What is most important? You know, in our scripture reading that Jack read this morning, the disciples had just finished going out and healing people, healing the sick, preaching the gospel. Many people came to believe in Christ. And then the disciples, they went back to Jesus. Jesus, we did all these exciting things. I, I, I wonder what happened in that conversation. Were they so excited that they said, Jesus, we, we don't want to stop. We want to keep on doing it because so much good is going on. But after the disciples returned from being sent out to minister, Jesus tells them, he says, okay, stop. Come with me. Come with me to a quiet place and rest. I would love to be a fly on the wall in that situation. The disciples, they told Jesus everything they had done. And then Jesus says, okay, rest. Take a minute. Breathe. Take a nap. Just take a minute. Take some time for yourself. I wonder what the disciples were thinking. Rest? Jesus, are you serious? Do you know what we just said? Did you hear about all the people that we helped? All the people that now believe in you? All the ministry that we did? You see, I, I know through the scripture that Jesus knew the wear and tear of ministry. He knew the demands of life that they present to us. He knew what it was to constantly be available to people. But as important as such ministry is, Jesus could not even keep it up without time for renewal, replenishment, and taking time for himself. There are countless times in the scripture that he goes to pray or he goes to a quiet place and rest. And so he says to the disciples, the invitation, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while. You know, if Jesus knew that the disciples needed that time for renewal, prayer, and meditation and refreshment, who are we to think that we can continue to do things in our lives, that we can continue to minister if we don't take the time to rest? We are, if you remember, the culture who, who coined the term workaholic. People who keep doing and doing because we like results. We like, we like where life has taken us. But if we do it so much, we eventually burn out. And it's not something that stops gradually. It's stop, something that stops suddenly. We just want to give up. How desperately each of us, we need that time of refreshment, that time of replenishment, that time of renewal to remind us who we are, but better yet, whose we are. You see, when Jesus gave the invitation to the disciples to come away with him to rest, it's Mark chapter 6, 30 through 33. If you read just a few verses past that, you'll see what comes next. Don't do it right now, but do it later. You'll notice that right after that, the feeding of the 5,000 occurs. More than 5,000. Could it be that Jesus knew what was coming? Did he know the, that the disciples would have to give 
everything they had to those who were hungry, those who were thirsty, those who needed their help and their ministry. I think he did. Jesus knew what was coming. And so that's why he, he said, God, I know what you're saying. Disciples, I know what you're telling me. And that's great, but go rest now. Because Jesus knew what was coming. He knew exactly what was going on. And it was because that Jesus encouraged his disciples to come away with him and rest. It was because they went with him, they rested, that they were effective in their ministry. It was because they took the time for themselves that they were more effective in their lives and those around them. You know, I think that I know the same is true for us. We, we spend so much time and energy sometimes in one area of our lives. And then when that's over, or we come to a stopping point, we jump into the next thing. When we keep going and keep going, and we disregard our need to take a break, to rest. Not to just quit everything, but just to take a break, just for a minute, to breathe. How many times have we said yes to our family, our friends, our co-workers, and even our church while disregarding our own needs? You know, when we help others, when we help friends, when we help family, when we do things for someone else, it's a good thing. It's something we should do. But I don't believe Jesus wanted us to do this to harm ourselves. Jesus modeled in his life the the need for Sabbath time, the need for self-renewal, the need for breathing, the need for introspection. If we never say no, and, and we don't take the time for ourselves to say our own spiritual and sometimes physical needs, we will face burnout. We will, well, we won't have that passion anymore. We won't have that drive to be that person who Christ has called us to be will be less effective in the long run. As Jesus had his disciples take a break, rest from their ministries, to prepare them for their ministries. You see what I'm saying here? He told them to rest so they could be better disciples, better people, better people who Christ called to make a difference. What does that say to each of us? Are we taking the time that we need to be better to be better moms and dads? Are we taking the time we need to be a better Christian, a better follower of Christ? Are we putting so much of ourselves into the things that we do, although they, they are worthwhile? Are we forgetting our relationship with Christ? The challenge I want to present this morning is this. We don't need to let our relationship with God suffer. Even though we may be doing good, our relationship with God, with Christ, is the most important thing. So I encourage you this week to look at your lives and ask yourselves two questions. Why, why can't we say no? Why can't you say no to the things in your life? And then the second one is, what will saying no to something or to someone what would that allow you to say yes to and bring be the most important things in your lives remember that we must love ourselves enough so that we can love others and serve christ
Would you pray with me? Gracious God, you are loving and gracious God. Lord, we ask that this day that you may remind us our need for spiritual renewal, for, for replenishment, the time that we need just to relax, to have fun. Lord, allow us to look at our lives, to take this time, to be intentional about scheduling that time, Lord, because by doing that, we know that we will be better able to serve you and to live our lives as you have called us. In your name we pray. Amen.